Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. You're listening to the Deal Room Podcast. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on business sales and acquisitions. Get across trends in the area and hear the industry's best recount their real life tips, traps, and experiences. Now, here's your host, Joanna Oki. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we have a bit of a different show. We have our Ask Me Anything episode today. So these are questions that I have been provided by you as the listeners or um, along the way, along the journey um, in our day-to-day practice that I want to provide answers to you for in a quick podcast session. So today, I'll run through a few. If you have a question that you'd like me to answer, then please send it to us at podcasts at aspectlegal.com.au. And we'll put that link in the show notes. Now, here we go with a very quick session for you. Nigel, thanks for coming onto the show to our Ask Me Anything section. What can I answer for you today? Well, I think one of the things uh, yeah, I'd like to discuss is that we find that accountants are the key players, quite often key players in transactions, because they're a trusted advisor to the business owner. What we are finding, however, is that on occasion, the accountants are giving advice that's probably not market relevant anymore. Yeah, they may have been the accountant for 20 years. They don't want to let go. They've never actually sold a business or sold many businesses and they're, they're not up to speed on where the market is. And because of that, the, the seller may get poor advice. You know, recently, we've had a NDIS business where NDIS, the, type, the license is tied to the company and the accountant has refused to sell the business, to do a share sale and set an asset sale, which has killed six deals for us with this one seller and she will not budge. So how do we cope with that, Joe? What would you suggest? How can we get oh, accountants better informed? <laughs> yeah, that that is it, that is a really tough one. Um, it's something that I've seen in the market as well, and um, I've spoken to a number of people about. I think that the very first thing, and look, we have a lot of accountants who um, listen into this show. So the very first thing, you know, is on the accountant side is the importance of education, but it's also that education for our buyers and our sellers to understand when they can push back um, against the advice that they're receiving. And I think the reality is, you, you know, there's this difference between um, a, an accountant who can serve a business in terms of the general day-to-day um, accounting or compliance function um, versus accountants who deal uh, regularly in business sale and acquisition transactions. And they can be two completely different things. And that shouldn't be you know, an embarrassment to an accountant. That shouldn't be, you know, I think the most important thing is to, for the accountants to understand and for for indeed our buyers and sellers, our clients to understand that it's not a failing in their, in their accountant's skill set. It's just that most business, most accountants don't regularly deal with businesses that are buying or selling because many businesses only ever sell once in the life cycle of one particular owner. Um, and you, you know, the reality then means that they very rarely come across businesses that are being bought and sold 
world as opposed to, you know, us in the market who are dealing with hundreds of buyers and sellers, you know, ge generally in any, you, you know, um, particular year. So, you know, the, 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 the first thing is, um, to not have this misunderstanding that accountants are expected or should understand this stuff. You know, you go to the people who who deal regularly in the market, um, you know, like uh, you guys as brokers, um, like us from a legal perspective where we deal um, almost, uh, you know, entirely 60% of our business is dealing in sales and acquisition. So we do it all day, every day. It's, it's being able to know who to turn to for that particular advice. The second thing is to understand that there can be the information that you're getting um, from your uh, from your accountant and maybe even from a lawyer if you're dealing with a lawyer who doesn't deal in this space very often or any other advisor who's advising your business that doesn't deal in this space very often is that they they they're not necessarily right just because they're um, you know a professional within their their professional space and I think this concept of value is super important I've seen it so many times where sellers go to market um, pushing back, on what um, brokers have said, brokers who have a real understanding of what's happening in the market because they believe the information that's been provided by um, an advisor, say, for example, an accountant or someone else who who is basing, you know, using sort of, you know, these, these sort of set multiples in their mind of what businesses as a whole are worth rather than the understanding of, you know, the fact that there's industry differences, differences between businesses and that this whole three times profit is not like the the lens that you can put on every single business <laughs> in every single instance, you know, because like that's the that's what can happen, right? But then we have these sellers who who come to market and then get a buyer and then get a deal and then suddenly think, do you know what? I think I could get a better deal out there. So they cast away that that, you know, that deal that you guys as brokers probably know is actually a really good deal. And we quite often know, you know, that that often the first deal is actually the best to come to um, a seller on the market, but they push that to the side, go for something else because they think their their accountant has given them a belief that there's um, more value that they can get out of the market if they stay there. And then they just sit there for ages and get stagnant, you know, and that's a, that's a sad thing to watch. When um, you know when when we can all sort of see the train wreck, the writing on the wall, <laughs> you know, in advance, I guess. No, and I think you're quite correct. You know, the, there's nothing worse than a business sitting there for 12, 18 months because it's overpriced, and the seller won't listen because they've had advice from a third-party expert. It may be an accountant or not, uh, but you know, even sometimes from one of their friends who sold their business and knows everything about it. <laughs> exactly. And their, their friend down the street that, you yeah. know, just happened to get a great deal and, you know, now they're extrapolating it across everything else. Absolutely. Um, and did you have a second question, Nigel? I do, actually, Joe. Yeah. So one of my frustrations in the market is uh, we're constantly qualifying brokers and moving people through the chain to build our team. The qualifications are real estate qualification, and it really has very little to do with business broking. And I've, I've been pleased to see New South Wales and Western Australia introduce CPD that is relevant to business brokers. However, there doesn't seem to be enough content. Um, what I'd really like to see, and this is the, the question, what opportunity do you believe there is to get a national 
license for business brokers that actually requires a training to be a business broker that maybe needs some financial competency, that maybe needs some understanding of how businesses run. Because uh, that's where I'd really like to see that moving in Australia so that uh, we do get a better qualified industry. People are real estate agents who occasionally might sell a business. Uh, most business brokers out there function as business brokers on a full-time basis and do a good job. But I feel so sorry for our clients who've been with a regional real estate agent who's listed them, charged them advertising fees and taken it nowhere in 12 months because uh, they've lost a year of their life. And that's, so how can we get there? How can we get a better system so brokers are better trained and real estate agents are not allowed to sell businesses? <laughs> oh, do you know what? I so agree with you, Nigel. Such a weird, I remember when I first started doing a lot of work in this market and realized that, um, you know, that the licensing for brokers was attached to real estate. I just couldn't even understand it because I, I'd come from larger M&A deals and, um, and, and that's, you, you know, it, it can be a different space, you know, you're dealing with corporate advisors in that space who, um, who have a different regime. Um, but when you come into the space of um, SMEs dealing with the sale and acquisition of businesses and realise it's connected to property, I couldn't even see the connection. Like what is the connection of property and business sale? Because in my mind they are, they are completely separate beasts and require a completely different skill set um, and also profile um, of, of someone who is successful as a broker because I see – um, the success of brokers, um, and, and indeed, um, you know, these brokers are all in your team as well, Nigel. I, I see the success, um, in, in, uh, the sort of outfit that you guys run because the, the brokers come at it from the perspective of being able to manage a lot of information and a lot of moving parts because business sales are one of these things where there's just so many things going on in different areas. There's a lot of counterparties as well. So you're not, you don't just have buyer and seller. You, you have the landlord, then you have the lawyers for everyone. And you have this sort of like this balancing act that you have to do between a whole heap of different parties. And then there's these nuances of legislation that are really complex. So for example, employee entitlements and understanding the structure of, you know, a business sale versus a share sale um, and understanding, you know, what the impact of legislation, for example, um, like uh, the Retail Leases Act that might have a different approach on disclosure requirements and therefore the, the period of time that might be required for, for um, ensuring that you've ticked all the boxes that you need to tick, um, as opposed to property that perhaps is a lot more, a lot less it, it doesn't have all of those issues in it, I, I guess, is the is the point. So uh, are we heading or will we ever ha head towards a national licensing regime? There's been a lot of talk in the market about it. I'm a huge advocate for that, huge advocate, because I, I think at the moment there's just too much difference between the states and we deal – we deal all the time um, between the states, primarily Queensland, Victoria and New South Wales, but um, all of the rest of Australia as well. But I'm constantly dealing with the difference in each of the states, not just states in terms of uh, the type of contracts that they use as standard form contracts between the states, which 
are laughable in terms of some of the differences. It's just bizarre, some of the differences that are in there. Um, but but also the way um, brokers at, uh, work in each of those markets can be quite different as well. I think in Australia, we're crying out for a, a, a national approach. Um, I think it would be really good. It would be good for – it just is – something that buyers and sellers would really benefit from, but also this approach for the um, education and the licensing regime to acknowledge the difficulty and the different type of legislation um, and considerations that are relevant in the business sale market as opposed to the property market. So I'm with you. I just, um, we, I've been talking to a lot of people over the last couple of years about this. Unfortunately, I'm not sure that we're going to be disconnected from property anytime soon. And, uh, because I think the, the regulatory task is just too hard. But I think we within the industry can therefore help to achieve what is probably unlikely to happen in the, in the short, um, term future from a regulation perspective. We within the industry can, um, be drivers of the importance of a deeper kind of education and that education really focusing on the things that make a difference in our industry, which which are all of those things that I talked about, the understanding of employee entitlements, which which I find is is actually super complicated and really misunderstood um, in our industry and and all of the other legislation that that brokers you know, ideally would be on top of in understanding what's happening in, um, in, in a business sale environment. And of course, then there's those soft skills that I also think are really important in terms of understanding how to deal with, um, change management, that transition for teams as people move from one business to another. That's like, I don't know, that's like a whole, whole nother level as well, but that isn't a whole other level of training that I think is particularly important and useful in, in this space, um, which, you, you know, has no relevance in, um, in, in the property industry. Thanks for that. Yeah. Absolutely agree. I think the, uh, from a training perspective, AIBB do a very good job. And uh, we're putting our staff through those programs as well, just to improve their level of understanding. We do a lot of in-house training, but I think a national business broker qualification that uh, is recognised in each state would be a, a major step forward with a larger business content, you know, financials, how to run a business systems, all those. So you can un actually understand what a business is doing and how to value or praise it properly and take it forward. Oh, you're absolutely right. And, and you know, good call out there to the AIBB. Really, you know, they, they really are um, trying to step up the education in the industry. And I, I just think they're doing some brilliant things um, and a really important body to have so that we have a body that's advocating for business brokers and, and the industry uh, within Australia. So great. Um, call out there. And we're certainly in our show notes, um, we'll link through to AIBB for um, anyone who's listening and um, doesn't know much about it, might be interested in some of their programs. And hey, it looks like Nigel might be looking for brokers as well. So we might put a, um, a link through <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah, to you and the team there. <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks for coming on the show today, Nigel. Thank you, Joan. Pleasure being here. Well, that's it for our Ask Me Anything episode today. I hope you found that useful. 
Now, we've got a few more of these style podcasts coming up soon. I find it invaluable to be able to answer these top of mind questions, whether they're from our guests, our audience, or our client. Now, if you have a specific topic or question that you'd like us to discuss, then submit your Ask Me Anything questions to podcast at aspectlegal.com com.au or check out the show notes to this episode where we will link right through to an email for you to submit to submit your Ask Me Anything questions. And an important reminder that if you would like any legal assistance with matters that you're working on at the moment, then don't forget you can book in for an initial free call directly with our legal eagles at Aspect Legal by heading to our homepage at aspectlegal.com.au. Well, that's it for me today. My name is Joanna Oki, and you've been listening to another wonderful episode of our podcast, proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. Aspect Legal has a number of great services that help businesses prepare for a sale or acquisition to help them prepare in advance and to get transaction ready. We've also got a range of services to help guide businesses through the sale and acquisitions process. We work with clients both big and small and have different types of services depending on size and complexity. We provide a free consultation to discuss your proposed sale or acquisition So see our show notes on how to book a time to speak with us or head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au. Ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening to the Deal Room Podcast. To find out more about this episode and other episodes in the series, check out the show notes or head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com.au. 